Hello and welcome to an interview with today. I'm joined by Daniela Porcelli, the founder of the One Goal organization. We're going to hear about her life and the reason for her setting up the organization and what she plans to do with it. Hello, Daniela, how are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure to be on this interview and podcast. Well, you know, I try to get the best and you're the best. So what do you what can you say? <laughs> well, that now you're flattering me. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Um, with everything that's happening, obviously, everyone's at home. We're doing this on Zoom. I don't mind advertising that. Um, how are you generally? I'm fine. Uh, it's uh, Yeah, it's a tough time, I think, uh, for nearly everybody in this world. It's pretty tough. It, whatever job you have or whatever you do in your, uh, in your free time, yeah, it's, it's, uh, not, it's actually unreal to realize that that's nearly a year going on. I mean, when you take the real outbreak, apparently in China, so it's all more than a year, and yeah, it's tough. But I mean, you have to go through. I mean, this is this is. I always say this is what we humans are. We go through our crisis, and this is a big crisis. And the, the most important thing is that we shouldn't forget to help each other and support each other. Mm, that's good. I'm, you know, I'm glad you said uh, about help each other and support each other. Obviously, that's part of the the One Goal organization remit. But, you know, you, you kind of put it in a very, very simple way that this is part of life. You know, as human beings, we go through difficult times. And I would suggest that a lot of us who are sports fans, when we're in our sports bubble, we don't think about difficult times. We probably think a difficult time is when our favourite team loses a game. Or, um, yeah, or, you know, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. we can yeah. see the goal. Right. Yeah, so, it's, it, you know, we, can, we, we believe that to be a difficult moment in our lives. But in, in, in all honesty... Within the in the bubble of football and the bubble of sport, it's not a difficult time really. So yeah, you're right. It is you know we contend with things generally. Um, before I ask you about the One Goal organization, I want I want you to tell me a little bit about you and what you do because I can see from the information that I found, you're a photographer, sports photographer, um, and obviously work freelance. You have this organization now you're also doing I think something to do with sports management I, I believe that's correct right so when we get to the sports management bit I'm going to be interested in that but how do you get into sports photography where, where does that come from how do you get that? that that's the question I get all the time because um I'm well I'm officially a banker I started in banking because you know, Switzerland banking I think that's pretty obvious I actually never thought about sports photography. I was never like, you know, the young talents I see now, 15, 16 years old. I want to become a sports photographer. I never had this, you know. I was like, I don't know, I just want to work and yeah, earn money to pay my bills. And it, but I always had a camera with me everywhere I went. I was like, Daniela, oh, I'm sure she has a picture of it because I always had a digital, like the, the, you know, the small cameras back in the days. And and I also went to sport events, so I love sports. I'm like, I'm half Italian, so my dad is a big sports fan. So it's like, since I'm a baby, I actually watch sports. It's just surrounded. And I always, when, it, when I went to these events, I had my camera with me and I took pictures from the stands. That's what I did. Like, you know, there was a great goal. There was a celebration. And because I just love capturing the moment. I, I like to watch the, the picture again and see, like, oh, that was two years ago when Italy won the World Cup or whatever, stuff like this. And 
then I think it was I was a, many times in England and the opportunity got that some uh, some photographer told me just come to the next game and I give you one of my cameras and you can try it and that's actually how it started I just did it and fell in love sitting pitch side and covering games I mean it's just a moment where it changed literally my life you could say yeah that's quite that's quite obviously you had that passion you must have had a passion to take photos as you say you went everywhere with a, yeah, with, a yeah. with a camera obviously you had to drop in about Italy winning the world cup I'll let that go I'll let that go <laughs> okay <laughs> well it's my favorite moment <laughs> no, of course of course um but you obviously had the talent because someone not spotted that spotted you and gave you the opportunity and um it's it's really unusual you know when someone said to me oh they're a, they're a sports photographer I'm kind of like how do you you know, get into that, that lifestyle, that kind of workplace, or where does the journey begin? But I suppose you were very fortunate, but also you have a keen eye. And so many of us who watch sports are so interested in things that happened, you know, what's going to be next, what's going to be next. I think for a photographer, you want to capture the moment. You want to capture that moment, capture the the feeling of it, the atmosphere of it within the picture. And um, that that has to be a very special skill to have but also to understand when to use yeah exactly i mean that's the thing like um i know a lot of people now or well, nowadays they study sports photography and and it's still funny when you see the comparison that's like i talked to someone who is one of the biggest sports photographer ever and he said like many who actually study it doesn't mean they actually make the market they make it into that business. I mean, they're because it's a hard business. Sports photography, in general, is a really hard business. Um, but that's a topic for another time. But it's really hard. So it's like not many make it just because when you study something, doesn't mean that you have the skills. I mean, you can learn a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm not going to say that. Because you're studying and you get the technical skills and uh, experience. And that, but something which only a few people have is the yeah the, the eye of a photographer I mean I can give to so many sports photographers a camera and you always see something different and I I, I don't want to talk uh, like be arrogant in my way it's like maybe I have the eye but that's what somebody told me um from a club in England and she came up to me and she's like oh I love your pictures and you, you have the eye of the photographer you have this eye and that's why we love your pictures and that's how it started with getting assignments and getting actually paid for pictures which was unrealistic for me because I never saw like why would somebody pay for my pictures mm. that's how it started so it's it's something this talent you have in you but also you can also train that talent a little bit so but yeah, yeah that's good so with the photography being able to go to particular venues sporting events obviously football games which one for you is probably your best captured moment wow <laughs> i i never like this you know this favorite question which one is or the yeah it's oh. so difficult like well, ha have a top three, <laughs> top three. <laughs> now you make it more difficult have to, <laughs> a top three i mean okay so there's one image i can i mean there are hundred i like every image i take has such a meaning for me like maybe when you looked at my instagram the difference was I put on the Instagram, it's a picture and sometimes a really long story. Um, maybe 90% of the people won't read that because I like whatever, it's a picture. 
but some people actually gave me feedback like oh i love the story you write on that because every image has has a memory it's, it's like it's such an emotional image for me you know not what is happening but what i feel when i take the picture and it's still uh, i could tell you one image which still um is huge in my opinion um and it's not a big you know world cup final in france or i covered the brazilian federation or arsenal won the championship the women's it's not these images which you would think i would say that it's actually um the england world cup the u20s um when they were in france and they they did the third place you know and it's funny when some people say the third place is nothing i'm not gonna say any names <laughs> and but I remember they were like at the penalty shootout. It was, um, yeah, it was England who won in the penalty. And I remember when they were just running towards each other and jumping up. And I got this picture of them in a huddle. And it's still my, one of my favorite pictures because just the moment when I realized these girls, who some of them are playing now for the biggest clubs in the world, and they made something, yeah, something great. They were, they're girls. And they, their dream was, of course, to win that World Cup, but they made third position. They won the bronze medal, and it, 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 it's still my favorite picture. So it's still, you can still find it always on my top pictures on my homepage. So, yeah. Well, please, everyone, make sure you check it out. I'm going to check it out. I thought he was going to go for something else, actually. but uh, Yeah, I know. Yeah, That's what people say. Like, oh, you were at the World Cup. You were there. You did that. And I'm like, no, it's, it's just, it's more the feeling I had watching them and I was smiling so much I mean I'm not English you know <laughs> I'm not but I was still smiling and seeing oh my god they're so happy and I was smiling because I was capturing that moment and yeah I'm there were maybe a few photographers around not many because it was uh, the women's uh, U20s but I knew that this picture for some of the players or some of the fans is valuable you know Mm -hmm. And that, that that's what that's what made me smile and that's why I love this job in that case. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, you know, it's all in the eye and you have the yeah. eye. Exactly. You, yeah. You have the <laughs> eye. Some of us try to pretend that they have the eye, but obviously <laughs> I speak for myself when I say that. Okay. I, speak for my, I, speak, I speak for myself, definitely. Okay. Um, okay, with obviously you say it started off as a hobby, you then ended up working you know, freelance, going to events. Um, you definitely have a love of sport, as you say, that's come from your father, but also you do. Did you play any sports at all? I play basketball, funny ways. Yeah. What? Yeah, not football. Yeah, people what? like, oh, you play? No. You know why? Why? I hate rain. <laughs> yeah. There was well, like if you <laughs> live in the UK, you'd know about that. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, that was, when I was a child, they told me I was like really shy and I I didn't really talk to people and I, I remember my teacher was like to my parents she she should play some sports to get more socializing you know so they asked me my parents what do you want to do I'm like I love football they're like yeah you're crazy about football so you want to play football like no I don't like running out you know when it's raining and it's cold it's like why would I do that so I was like I, I want to do basketball because it's inside so yeah I just this uh, you you run away from the world's greatest sport because of water. How dare you? 
exactly. That, that's why I'm always impressed when I see this play because when I'm a, as a photographer, I have all this coverage and, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, why am I sitting here taking a picture of this image where it's raining cats and dogs and you see this player running around like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh so, yeah, it's still, it's still, but I'm impressed that they can do that. So it's cool, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. good. Well, that, that told me everything. I like football, but I just don't like the rain. Yeah. Fair, fair weather sports that's, person. That's a true, true story. So, yeah, but no, I love sport. It's just uh, watch everything. I mean, golf, uh, uh, ice hockey, ski jump. I, I watched everything you can actually watch. So, um, yeah, so it's actually pretty, would be the perfect job when I could do this full time in my life. So, yeah. When you can. Well, I, I did actually go through some of your photos and you took a photo at the top of the, um, I think it was skiing. And it was ski a little jumping. messy ski jumping, yeah. and you took a picture from from the from the actual point from where they go, and yeah. I just thought I wouldn't even have gone up there to take the photo, let yeah. alone jump. But that was even not even that was where they were jumping. So I mean, we weren't allowed all the way up because of Corona stuff. But yeah. usually, sometimes as a photographer, you can go even up where they are sitting. That's like that's pretty high. But yeah, I mean, I yeah. Yeah. It's pretty high up there. I'm scared of heights, so I don't know how. Well, like I said, up I, there. <laughs> I would have, I wouldn't have gone up there at all. Oh, I think like that crazy, but that's what I do. I love doing that, so yeah. <laughs> that's good. Okay, right. So from photography, the world of banking, there's something burning inside of you that you say you want to do something. So obviously, the one goal organization is is now in your mind. It's not just you, you have a partner. Is it, is it, let me get this right, it's Hedvig Lindahl. I hope I yeah. pronounced that correct. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I've, yeah. I've been, I've been studying all night. <laughs> um, you, you come together and you've got this organization now with, with the aim to kind of make the world a better place, I believe. But correct me if I'm wrong. What is the long term aim of the organization and how did you get into the mindset and communicate about let's set this up? So, yeah, I mean, um, the long term, yeah, I mean, you can put it like in general to make the world a better place. I think most people want to do that, I hope. Yeah. Uh, but there are some people who don't, for sure. <laughs> there are, yeah, we've seen those <laughs> a lot the news. There's a lot of money who do actually the contrary, and that's yeah. the big issue. But um, I think just in some of us, it's more like the question how much are you willing to do to change the world? I'm not going to say everybody has to open a charity, you know, <laughs> uh, but it's small things. And with small things, you can make a difference. It can be your neighbor, you know, helping your neighbor. It can be helping some elderly people in, um, in this uh, homes they have. I mean, it's, or helping children. I mean, it's, it's small things, you know, and for me, it was more um, about the story I have, on the homepage too of the one goal is uh, when I was a child, I was already with this need to like, I want to help people because I mean, I, I grew up in Switzerland and it's, yeah, it's actually the richest country in the world. Um, I'm not going to say everybody's rich in Switzerland, but yeah, we have protection. We are safe. I don't have to think about go our government doing stupid things like in other countries. It's, it's really, it's, I'm safe. And I feel protected and, I, and I'm really thankful um, in that case to be born here. Um, and it's, and I think that's why it came the need for me also, like I wanna give something back to people who 
didn't have this privilege. And I'm not saying everybody should be born in Switzerland or England where it may be better because all the other countries are wonderful too. I traveled a lot uh, the last few years and I mean, all these countries are beautiful and it's, it's not our goal that these people should be born here to have a good life. They should have the good life in their country, you know, in Nigeria, in Vietnam, in, in, in all these countries, they should have this opportunity to have a good life. I'm not gonna say the luxury life like some people live, but a good life. And that's what I wanna reach, you know, that that's our goal. And with the one goal, there are certain ways how we can help that reach that case. Um. With your partnership with Hedvig, I mean, you're both in different areas. Obviously, you come from banking, sports journalism. She's a football player. How do the two of you work in tandem to, to kind of deliver the things that you're trying to achieve? I mean, it came always like, um, yeah, the, the, how the one goal was actually uh, created. I mean, it's because I always had a need from, well, I, I didn't know Hedwig. I mean, I knew who Hedwig was, of course, mm. uh, but I never met her before when I was thinking about doing a charity because, I mean, it's not that you wake up and say, like, I want to create a charity just out of the blue. But I had um, an idea with, like, getting a few things in the women's football, um, like in one, you know, how you want to say that, like put together, for example, what we were missing in women's football is merchandise. I mean, yeah, I can buy an Arsenal shirt, but it's, um, well, I mean, with some English club, it's easier, but like in Switzerland, I cannot go in a shop and buy a, a Basel shirt of a women's player. It just doesn't mm. exist. And so there was like the merchandise option because I, I know a lot of fans and we always talked about this. This is missing, you know, this is something which is missing. The other part is also like, um, I knew that some players, some clubs have a few shirts they want to give away. Like they, they don't have a lot. I mean, that's what Hedwig always said. And it's true. It's just a few clubs or federations who have now maybe a few shirts, per season that I can give away. And it kind of came out of this idea, like, okay, um, I would pay a lot of money to get, to get the authentic jersey signed by my favorite player, because I actually collect the jerseys. I bought jerseys, got the autograph, and that was before my photography time. Now, I, I knew that there was a need in that, but no, nobody had, nobody did that. Just like, I mean, nobody. I mean, there was maybe US soccer who once a year did like some charity stuff, but that's it. And in Europe, you could forget that. So I asked around some players if they would be willing to do that. And a friend of mine told me, ask Hedwig about the shirt. It was just ask her about the shirt. And I'm like, I don't know Hedwig. I cannot just go up to her and like, hi, it's me. <laughs> I have this charity idea. So, um, but then he came with me and we started talking uh, in a sh like really short time. And then we connected by email and then she told me her story about her idea and what she was already doing with her shirt. She already auctioned off her shirts and some of her friends' shirts. And yeah, that's just how we connected. I was more like the business banking person. She has the network. I mean, she's Hedwig. She's, yeah, the, one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Everybody knew her. So that will give us the value of, yes, we are real. 
we are not just an organization who is pretending to have authentic shirts signed by players. It, it, it is real because she knows Ramona. So when Ramona Bachmann gives us a shirt, it's 200% sure it's her shirt. And that's, that's, that's the perfect actual combination to be um, unique and to be authentic to our fans in that case. Yeah, that's, you know, something that's really, really good. I mean, I, I mean, you had a recent campaign which I supported and retweeted the tweet, but when I, I look at the, the, the campaign in itself, it says to me that you're trying to spread the goodwill of, of women's football across the globe where it hasn't actually been. And you're filling the remit in a way that the, the, the football organisation or the organising bodies who claim to say they're going to share football to certain parts of the world are not doing? Um, yeah. They're not. Yeah, I mean, they're not. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, when you're really huge, when you're a huge body in that case, mm. you lose the overview. Like, yeah. I mean, you, 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 you spend, I mean, there are some organization also in football who are doing great stuff, uh, but they have millions and billions and whatever. And, but does it reach all the correct places? You know, I mean, that's also with these big companies um, like World Vision and, and, and what, what is it, uh, Unicef. And they are doing such a great job, but it, it's so huge. Um, and when I talk to people, they're always like, oh, I don't want to give them money. And like, why not? Yeah, because I don't know where my money goes. Mm. And if I give them 20 pounds, it's nothing. And for Hedwig and me, that's really important. We want to connect with these projects, with these organizations. We send the money. It's literally, I want to talk to that president. I want to talk to the coach who is in Uganda and training these girls now. They actually invited me to go to Uganda now. Good. But it's like, this is what I want to have. You know, this is, um, which I wouldn't pay out of charity money. Just that's really important to say. But I would like I, I want to see this connection i want to see what is happening with the money i understand there are administration costs there are things like this but i want to see with this money the project is um growing and that you can only do when you actually help the smaller organizations and projects and that's what is really important for us instead of just giving the money i don't know to whatever so I think that's the really big difference, how we approach things. Apart from the Corona, came, corona campaign, it was different with the VHO, but that was a really special campaign. Um, but all the other campaigns and auctions we do and um, transfer the money to projects we have a connection to. So that's yeah. um, a big deal, yeah. You know, I, I want to, before I go on to, the, in terms of your wider campaigns, the last campaign you did, which was about the shirts, the jerseys, uh, you had 20 jerseys from amazing athletes. And um, I, I'm looking at the picture now with so many different amazing footballers there. You know, I was, I was devastated that I, I didn't, I wasn't lucky in the draw, I must say. <laughs> but you were lucky, you know, in one way. You were lucky because uh, your money went to somewhere really beautiful. That's I know. I, I, the, but I know what you mean. I mean, I know. Uh, I know. The money yeah. was great. The money was all, yeah. the, donating the money is always good. You know, well, maybe, maybe next time you get Next see. time. You know what? Yeah. I'm, no, I'm no good at lucky dip. That's the thing. 
lucky dish. That, that's what people say, but you never know. I mean, there was, I mean, there was one girl, uh, she won two jerseys. Okay, it was now, like, now I'm upset. And, and it's like, it was, yeah. But that's the thing, because, I mean, the, there are, I mean, when you see how many people participated, it's, it's not a big amount, you know? It's not like thousands and thousands of people. So your chance to win is actually quite big. Yeah. But people don't realize that, not yet. So yeah. we're getting but, bigger. Yeah. Which, which of the shirts was the most in demand? Uh, like just in general, uh, general all yeah. the campaigns. Um, well, I mean, we made, uh, well, money-wise, we made the most uh, with Lucy Bronze. Um, there was Lucy Bronze, Beth, uh, Mead. Beth. Yeah, it's, it's funny, it's more the English players, but it's there we can see, of course, um, this, the same thing with, you can correlate with attention on the league. You know, I mean, the English, not only English, English players, but the one who are playing in the English league have a, have a lot of fans because they mm. are doing, I mean, the league, the clubs are doing a lot to spread the world, the word about the women. Mm. That's the big difference where you see, I mean, we have people from Brazil who uh, put money on a Lucy Brown shirt because everybody knows her. And that, that's the important thing when the league are pushing the women's a lot, it, it, it's also growing in that part. Um, that's but uh, yeah, it's Lucy Pernilla Harder, yeah. From it, obviously, both playing in the the WSL now, yeah, so no, yeah. yeah, that makes exactly. sense. Um, from that, what you've just mentioned in terms of the the most wanted or the shirts in terms of the most demand, do you look at that and think, well, there are just as good or just as many talented female footballers in other parts of Europe or in the world that aren't getting the same airtime? Do you? Is there a little bit of, what's the best word for me to say? Are you slightly upset about that in terms of the, the coverage being so focused on one area when football itself is a, is a global sport? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, as a photographer, I see that a lot in that case. And it's um, there are some countries or federations or leagues or clubs who are doing a lot in some countries who are not. And you can see that. And it's... Um, I'm, I'm here in Switzerland and I'm lucky that I'm the official league photographer for the Swiss league and they never had it before. They never had a photographer for the league. So it's the second year. And, but it's now it's a really special year because they have new sponsors. They actually have a real league name. And, but I can see the coverage is from the league. It's there, but the clubs are doing their minimum because they don't have the resources mm. and um well the funny can i say funny excuse i'm a banker that's that that's that's a thinking i'm i'm that's the difference between a photographer who's a photographer and me a photographer is a banker um i don't this excuse is not a validation because they always say yeah we don't get money with the women and i'm like well that can be for the, the next hundred years that's not going to change if you don't change it now, you know. We will be sitting in a hundred years together and still talking about with the women's we want to make money. Yeah, it's fact. But if you don't change finally to actually let them play in nicer stadiums, because I mean, some, I mean, even in England, I mean, some games are postponed every week because they're playing at a field, which is like, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. But you know what I, I know mean. what you mean. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, come on really and 
I'm not going to say play them in the big stadium, but just give them a little bit of a standard where they can play good football and where you can actually show. And the funny thing, it's the same in Switzerland. We have, I think, all clubs play in really, really like small grounds. And it's funny when it's a TV game, they go in the big stadium. Because you cannot show a TV game where they are literally playing on a field where you where fans ask themselves, wait, what, what is that field? Is that like a field where they grow like, you know, the uh, whatever <laughs> thing they grow, harvest afterwards? And, and that's really funny. So they know they have to change their uh, the, the location because they don't want to show... Um, oh, the women are actually playing in a really bad field of really bad conditions. We don't want to show that to the world. So actually, sometimes they're happy there are no photographers and no TV because it doesn't show the real uh, life in some, some places. I'm not going to say it's everywhere, but in some places. And I think it's important that um, this opportunity is growing, that they can play in better places. And Barcelona has an own stadium, you know, with the academy, but they do it. And it... And you can see the difference. It's so lovely when you walk in this stadium and like, ah, oh, that's nice. That's great. I mean, even as a photographer and when they start doing that every, in every country, yeah, it pushes up and it promotes the game and you, you can charge fans, you can sell merchandise and step-by-step step it can grow. That's where it should be many, many years ago, but because of the long ban of football in certain countries. All right. They have this, you know, they have this big loss, you know, but the funny thing is also what the women's game did in the last few years is actually a good grow, you know? Yeah. I'm sure we need to do much more, yeah. You know, I'm smiling because you come from a very analytical point of view, from the world of banking, like, okay, so you're not going to make money. What's your business plan? basically change you, you check and you give a very good example you you change the, the the venue when cameras are there so it's kind of a smoke and mirrors thing you know we're deceiving the public because we're telling them we have a product that's really good and this is where they play but in reality they're not there the one goal organization when i look at it is helping communities that are less fortunate that don't have the amenities, that don't have the funding, that don't have the financial backing. And it seems as if, and I'll say this bluntly as a person of colour, from the West, it's okay to look over there and say, they haven't got anything, let's help them. But everyone in, and I'll use the UK as an example, that talks about the WSL, makes it out to be the best league in the world, women's league. Mm -hmm. But in reality, some of the pitches are no better than the, the, the pitches in places where they have virtually nothing. Parts of Africa, the Middle East, you know, Asia, where those girls actually don't have anything, but they still want to play football. But it's in this country that there is this kind of make-believe scenario that we put on and say, everything's fine and we have the best thing. So there's almost we want the money before we actually create the base. Exactly, yeah. And it's kind of like a circle, but it's, um, I mean, okay, now now we have a difficult situation with Corona, but I'm not talking about Corona situation. Let's no. just forget about that. I mean, before that, there are, we have money. I mean, I can 
yeah, it's a fact. We have money. Uh, the clubs, most clubs have money. And and it's exactly, it's like, I mean, as a business thing uh, or business analytic way, it's um, the, a club is a business. It's all it is. I mean, it's nice to watch games. There are 22 players running around the ball and it's like, okay, it's fun to watch. And you celebrate the goals or you cry when they lose. But it's a business. It's a billion billion dollar pounds business so the problem in men's football in that case when I, I like to call it men's football because they call it women's football so i call it men's football right in some in one in one time i want to just say football that's what i say arsenal plays today uh, to tomorrow so so it's arsenal and in that case it's uh, in the men's football area the problem is it's the business it's it, this is it, it it's it's over it's like how you say it um saturated it's mm. you cannot get more out you cannot squeeze the rest of the the, uh, the orange for example mm. or the lemon so you need to find other ways to earn money so why not use the potential in women in the women's game and that, that's what i say in switzerland i mean you like in my city here um fans don't have to pay anything to enter the game and i'm like why not Oh, well, nobody would come anyway. I'm like, okay, these 50 people who are coming now, they don't come because it's free. They come because they want to see the girls and their parents, brother, sister, friends, and some fans. So if you charge them five or 10 pounds, they actually want to pay that because they're like, oh, it's nice. If it goes into the women's or in the younger girls' development, I want to pay it. So you just have to change your your you know your approach because the, the thing is with the women's game uh people love it because it's family based it's like you can go with your whole family and not be shouted at because uh i don't know it's it's really aggressive i mean in some place i mean in england when i hear or what i read it's in some place it's really aggressive it's like i mean i'm sitting there and then i i don't i, I don't even feel comfortable sitting there because you have some aggressive fans not all of them but some and in the women's game, I only had it one time, but in most of the games, you never had this issue where you have um, this aggressive attitude. And that's why you get new potential clients, families who go in with their boys and their girls who are seeing these players, seeing the role models. And when you bring your boy and your girl there, you're changing their perspective. They know that girls and boys are equal. And when you change the boys, and the girls' opinion in um, when they grow up, it changed the future too. Because these are our future, and we, we need to change their attitude. So we need to bring them to these games where they have these role models. And that's why you, yeah, you, you need to push it much more, promote it much more. And it doesn't cost a lot of money to promote the women's game. It's like I can do it for free on social media. I'm sorry. So. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I think we all do in our own way promote yeah. the women's game um, yeah. very much so but it's 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 really refreshing to hear your take on it and in a very very simplistic way very simplistic way you know yeah it's are <laughs> very easy we, uh, you should I, I believe there's an, a position possibly vacant in the fa at some point you should, you should <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. Or you like should. you know i'm also like i'm running on fifa so um so next door <laughs> one hour away so one hour away that's where well, my sport management education comes into so yeah <laughs> that's good well look let's 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 talk a little bit about that 
banking, sports photographer, sports management. Is this the follow-on from the organisation, the charity being set up? Have you taken this route to sports management or, or is there a bigger plan for you beyond your qualification? I mean, like I'm still in the studies of sport management, um, but I think what, I mean, my aim is kind of like, I mean, it's always difficult when you have so many options, photographer, this and that, but my goal is to be in the area where I can, um, with my banking experience and knowledge, help sport organizations or clubs or bodies like FIFA, whatever, the league, um, to, to promote the women's game, to, to get more equal terms for all of them. And I'm not even, not only talking about player situation, I'm also talking about media. I mean, I know as a photographer, I earn less money doing the women's game. It's a fact. And that's what I want to change because it should, I mean, for me, it's like, it doesn't matter if you're a photographer in the men's game or a photographer in the women's game, if you're a referee in the men's game, if you're a referee in the women's game, I mean, it's equal. Uh, uh, because that's not a um, comparison with like football players, some earn 10 millions and you, now we have to give the women's the same amount. We're not talking about that equal. We are talking about everybody who is doing the job needs to live on that money. And it's not the case. It's not the case. And then we are in 2021 and I'm still like looking back and it's like not a lot changed. And that's why you need people who actually wanna push for this change, even if it means they work forever on this topic, but that's what I wanna do. If that's my purpose in life, then I'm gonna do this. And I, maybe someday I can look back and say, I helped a little bit. I'm not gonna change the world, but I did my best to push that some future generation can maybe make it really happen. Did you know, it, it, it's so, refreshing to, not honestly it's so refreshing to hear someone say that when I think you live in Switzerland like you say you you don't have any worries at all you're comfortable um but you see the world for what it is there's disparity there is inequality um sexism you know disadvantage and you think how can I from where I am in the organization that I have with the contacts that the contacts that I have, try to make it a better place for those who are not, not only just far less fortunate, but also educate those who keep moaning and saying, oh, but um, we can't make any money. And they're the ones that actually hold the product. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I mean, they're like, um, how do you say, there are many pieces in a puzzle. I mean, um, yes, sending the money to some projects, that, that helps in some parts, but we need to make the changes everywhere. So we need to have a good overview of um, what changes we have to make. So it's not just me and this project um, guide. It's, it's, yeah, it's a league, for example. If um, the league, the federations, um, all these big organizations do something, it also influences the part in the project it, it, it's it's all connected and I think that's what we don't see sometimes maybe because we're all in this bubble and you can say I mean there's nothing good about corona of course not but after every crisis it opens up 
the eye of a few people that I get out of this bubble. I'm not going to say the bubble that I watch a game, but just a bubble like I'm actually happy. I'm, I should be happy because I have a job now. That's what I hear a lot in people here, like, oh, I'm happy you have a job. And you never heard that before because people want more and more because you, we are in the luxury world, like in Switzerland. Um, some people just have too much and they don't realize that there are others who don't have it. They just say, oh, they don't have it in Africa. And that's it. But it's not that they never ask themselves, what can I do? Mm. That's, that, that's important that we can change our surrounding people, um, how they think about stuff. And as said before in the beginning, not everybody has to create a charity or even donate to a charity, but it's a small things you can do. And I think we just have to push more that, yes, everybody can change the world. And that's how it is, yeah. Do you know, one of the things that I'd wrote, I'd written down before you joined and we started speaking, I, I, I'd written down as a question for you, what would you do to change the world you see and not sustain it in the image that you dislike? That was what I'd written down. That's good. Uh, you've answered the question before I'd asked the question. That, that's good. So we have the, you know, that's the, the, that's the mind, but that's that that's why you think like someone who wants to change the world. And I think our, I mean, like I'm, I always say myself, I'm, I'm a nobody, you know. Like it's, it's not that I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna say I'm like in a position to talk to the people and say like we're gonna do this now and that's it it's but i'm still somebody in some areas and in these areas i can push other people and say like hey see we can do something just do that in that area or you're strong in that area why don't you do that and i think we need more people who can push other people or motivate other people I mean, yeah I, I use the word motivate it's not pushing and it's um i think that's what we need to yeah jump out of our own skin and do that and not just let's say like yeah i'm gonna do this and that's it and um i do enough um you can always do more i'm not gonna say you need to invest more time but when you see talent and there is talent in people who want to change the world. There's not only talent in photographers and bankers and players, but there are talents in people who want to change the world. And if you see this talent, try to motivate them, try to take them with you and in the perfect spot where they can do their work. That's how I see it, how we can change the world a little bit. I want to join your organization. That's good, see? Perfect. See? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we always need people. So. Yeah, I want to join. I want to. I do. I do. I do. It's, it's, it, for me, it's nice because sometimes you can talk about sport and what happens on the pitch or off the pitch. But, you know, as, as football or sport in general, it's a universal language spoken by everyone across barriers, across continents. And, um, you, you know, you, even within the sport that we love, whether that's basketball or football or anything else, there are, you know, those who are disadvantaged that are just as talented, but just don't have the opportunities. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's refreshing to hear someone say the same thing that I've been thinking for many, many years. 
yeah yeah it's also like i mean what i say always like um when we you know support this project it's you know funny wise it's not that we are looking to find um i don't know a new marta or a new uh lucy bronze i mean it would be great if some of them are the talent and they get the chance but what i really love about these projects and organizations um with these girls that they help them become, um, they, they help them develop. So it's some of, I mean, maybe 99% of them will never play football again. But it's not about that. It's about they will be stronger afterwards. And say like, I want to become a doctor. I can do that. I want to become a mechanic. I, I can do that. And that's what these projects are all about. It's about showing these girls that they can find a place in the world and use their talent and strengthen it. And it's, and that's the thing. It's like maybe some of them will be the next, yeah, yeah. Alex, next Marta, Alex Morgan, whatever. Um, but we know that 95% of them won't be there because it's just not a big platform. And But it's about showing them which way they can go. And, and I think that's the great thing. That's what, I mean, like the, the Uganda project, for example, they're the first time girls in the academy. I mean, that they, they look, at, they tr let them try out and, and it, it's funny, or it's, I'm smiling, actually, just knowing that they're smiling, you know, the girls, and that's what makes me happy, you know, when I, that's what I said when I started, or before I started this charity, I was like, when I can make one girl, or even a boy, whatever, smile, I already reached my goal, you know, so it's, uh, that's how I see it, it's, it's, this one smile I want to get and I'm already happy when I know I got one person smiling I can do it with another one see and that's yeah that's how the, dom it goes. the, do the domino effect exactly yeah a so smile can change so much I mean if you that's the thing if you go around the street and you smile to people I mean some people would think I feel a little bit crazy but if you <laughs> smile I mean most people if you smile they actually smile back and maybe you changed that day of this person Maybe yeah. they're like, oh, somebody smiled to me because maybe this, his boss was screaming at him because he failed at something. And maybe the smile made him a little bit happy. And we always forget to smile sometimes, you know. We, we always do. And you know what? I'm, 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 I'm smiling now. You've made me smile. <laughs> That's good. You made That's me perfect. smile. <laughs> you made me smile. We've, we've literally come to the end. You know what? I'm going to ask you one last question. What is a typical day for you? now with everything what is a typical day a typical day um it's funny that you asked me that because i i literally did a plan of my week because um as you know charity photographer i'm working as a part-time banker again because of yeah the corona situation so um i have to pay my bills so i have to work somewhere where i actually earn money and i still study sports uh, management so it's and I think then is oh yeah, social life that's somewhere smaller because of Corona. There is not much social life anymore. I mean, we're yeah, we're in a half lockdown, but um, yeah, it's crazy at the moment. So, but still, um, I try to put that in seven, you know, the twenty-seven for twenty-four hours a week. So I actually have a weekly plan. You know, remember in school when you got your plan, and you have like. At three o'clock, you have sports, and at five o'clock, you have math. 
it's not that strict, but I have this plan, like on Monday I work in the bank and Tuesday I work in the bank. In the evening I study. So it sounds really like a little bit ridiculous, but that's how I go through my life at the moment. But I can say to answer your question, it's beginning of the week. It's all about uh, banking to earn money. The weekends, if there is a game, <laughs> it's all about photography, sports photography. And in between, I study so and do all the other stuff. So it's kind of like how my week looks like. And yeah, that's how my day is in the end. I wake up and have these assignments, which I put on myself and go through the day. <laughs> listen it sounds like everything is mapped out but you've mapped out so many things for not just yourself but for others as well um close to you and far away exactly i mean that's uh that's yeah that's the thing it's like uh, me uh, i'm happy when i make other people happy it doesn't matter if it's my mom or if it's a girl in uganda who's playing football it's um as long as i know i can support or i can with my love help other people love other people and uh, and so on um i don't i think that's life i mean it's, uh also i have of course i also have my own time and that's important for me my own time which is sometimes just watching television uh watching some sports if it's on but i don't have a lot of this own time but i have it and that's i think really important to balance um this life um that's what I also tell my volunteers. We need to balance it that you don't only <clears throat> work as a volunteer because of course you want to do your all the things. You, you could like work, I could work, I don't know, 24 hours on the charity. I could do that. But the problem is like, then I don't earn money. So it's, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but um, my passion is there to do that. Well, on the other hand, you just have to balance it out correctly that you know when it's enough for today and then you concentrate on focus on the other stuff because you are not worth anything if you're just like burned out or not able to work anymore. So I think work-life balance is important. That's the same with working as in a charity or as a photographer and so on, yeah. It's, it is it is important. It is very important. And I'm glad you're able to get a little bit of social life, as you say, not social, but watching television. Exactly, you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what everyone's doing. Uh, I'm going to say, true, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say thank you, Daniela, for thank you so well, much. sparing your time. Yes, your, no, that's fine. Yeah. I hope, <laughs> I, hope you. You, I hope I was timetabled in. You were time to well, you are the extra in my timetable, but um, let's forget about my study book today. Um, oh but uh, today is all about the charity, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to talk to you. you know, it, it's it's really it's a great opportunity, and I I hope I can share much more in that case. Also, with Hedwig, um, the more people who talk about us, who write about us, and it's not about us. <laughs> Yeah, of course. It's about the one goal and all the volunteers and all the players who are joining. It's it's incredible because everybody can change and it doesn't take a lot of time and or resources in that case. So that's the beauty in our charity. Brilliant stuff. Thank you, Daniela. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that's it. Well, you don't go anywhere. I just need to say goodbye to these guys. Okay. Say goodbye to everybody. That's it for this week and we'll see you again very soon. Bye for now.